Fine. You're listening to the One Two Three Show on RTHK Radio Three. I'm Cruz McCalligan with you this afternoon, and I am very excited to be joined on the line by Chloe Banks, a child protection manager at Mother's Choice and Parent. And I'm crossing my fingers you can hear me. Are you there, Chloe? Yes, I'm here. Perfect. Hi. Thanks for joining us on the program. Thanks, Cruzy. Thanks for having me. No problem. Um, so we're. Um, have you yourself been a little bit of? We're talking about family today. Have you yourself? felt this separation from family that we're feeling collectively across the planet at the moment? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I've got most of my family here in Hong Kong. Um, you know, my in-laws are all in Australia and I've got and my sister and my grandma in the UK, both self-isolating. Um, and it's hard knowing that, you know, normally they're far away, but you can feel like you can get on a plane at any point and you can see them. So, yeah, it's a little hard right now. I think a lot of yeah, and I think a lot of us are feeling that same way. I know I've got friends who's uh, have got a family who are ill with COVID nineteen who have suffered other fates not related to COVID nineteen, and it is that separation that is huge for a lot of people at the moment. Do you think that this time has made people reflect a little bit on what family is or isn't as a result? Yeah, I think definitely. You know, for some of us far away from our families um, and some of us are living with our families and you know we just feel that we have way too much of our family um, and some of us are you know living alone and we're feeling really isolated um, and yeah I think it's hard we one thing that we're thinking of doing with our family I saw someone say you know every time you say I really want I wish I could go and see this person or I wish I could talk to this person to write it down put it in a jar and then um you know when this is all over to really make sure we go and do those things and not put them off I think that's a beautiful idea. I do. I, I do have a mental list of people that I will be running into the arms of to squeeze. Um, I mean, uh, after this is all all over, well, hopefully it's going to be all over. As I said on Wednesday, I will be crossing my um, fingers, toes and eyes that it will be. Um, so what do you what do you think about what is family when we're saying people are saying, oh, we're separated from our family? What do you think they mean when they say it? It's, is it just those of us who are connected by blood? Is it just our biological families in our nuclear units that people are describing in that time? Yeah, I think it's different for everyone, but it's definitely all sorts of people. You know, the, the people that, honestly, some of the people that I want to hug most in the world right now um, are the people who are delivering food to my grandma, you know, every few days. And they're the ones who are going out to the shop and they're making sure that she's okay. And they're not my family. I don't know them. Um, but now they really are my family because they've stepped in at a time of need when all of her, you know, relatives are in another country. Um, and so, you know, there there's some people that I've been thinking of a lot as my, you know, as my family. Um, I think lots of people, you know, you see on social media, people are really reconnecting with old school friends and university friends and people that they knew a long time ago. And are just remembering that those people were such a big part of their own families for a season as well. Absolutely. Um, and do you think it's interesting? Have you ever had that experience when you realize that because we're, we're part of our own 
family units i suppose you know um you have parents i have parents we're very lucky we both have parents and then um i i got married and i remember feeling that feeling of when i got married of oh my goodness wow families can be so different because you suddenly get an insight into somebody else's family right and then they're your family that family is now your family too um did you go did you ever go through anything like that have you ever had you know changes in your own family dynamic yeah, definitely. You know, one of the one of the most important examples of family that I have was um, an older couple who agreed to to sort of mentor me and my husband before we got married, and um, and they committed every single week for a whole year, just sitting with us, and you know they really were so vulnerable um, with themselves and shared you know the ups and downs of their own marriages, um, their own marriage to each other. Um, and, you know, I remember we kept talking about family and they kept saying, this week we're going to talk about your family again. And this week we're going to talk about your family again. And I thought, oh, I'm so bored talking about my family. <laughs> and then, you know, once a week it just totally clicked. Yes, our families are so different and we really need to understand, you know, where the other person comes from before forming, you know, your own family um, unit. Um, but that couple as well, they really became family to us because of that sacrifice that they made. Uh, and I can't really imagine, you know, building our marriage any other way. It was such an important foundation for us. It sounds it. And um, but I mean, do you think there's do you, do you think there's a re why do we need family? So, you, you know, in your in your life and in your work, you're around different ideas of family all the time. But why do you think we really need them? Because I'm finding it. Now, like you said, having having friends and family overseas that you can't be with and you want to do the things that you're supposed to do for your family when you're physically present with them and we're separated by oceans and you can't be there for them the way that you want to be. Um, and what is that being there that we're trying to achieve with a family and why do you think that's so important? Yeah, I think everyone really needs a sense of belonging. Everyone needs to know where they come from, where they belong in this you know, big wide world that's so complicated um, and everyone needs an identity. And for a lot of the children you know, that we work with at Mother's Choice, they don't have that permanent family. Um, and um, you can say, you know, some kids have, they, they have food, they have education, a roof over their head, but it just, um, it's just not the same as having a family and, and, you know, people that will love you unconditionally and absolutely look out for your best interests. Um, and family isn't perfect. I think every time when you get, you know, pe whenever there's people in relationship, it's really complicated. But, you know, I do really believe that family is where, is where children are best protected. Um, and we don't just need our families for our childhoods. We need our families for our whole lives. It's not enough to, when you turn 18, to just suddenly say, I don't need you anymore. You know, we really just need people around us, for, you know, this lifelong journey that we're all on. And I think that's a really important thing is that sense of lifelongness, right? And it's, um, I mean, I know with my own family for all the ups and downs we have with my my siblings and my parents and my husband and the family we've created with my daughter, it is it is really interesting that you, like you say, you can't really opt out or you, you probably shouldn't if you, you can help it. It is wonderful to have that sense of belonging and it is something that you would hope that can be there for as long as possible. Um, but it isn't for everybody. Um, um, and that's um, an unfortunate truth. Um, but can you tell us a little bit more about, um, like, for example, in the last little while, how's, how's your family been coping with? How have you 
how have your family rallied around you in this weird upside down world? Yeah, I think in all sorts of ways. Um, I, you know, I've got my uh, my husband and my son here with me um, in Hong Kong, and you know, with with school out, you know, that's been um, a bit of a shock. Um, and you know, at the beginning, I I certainly freaked out a little bit when I found out that school was going to be um, closed for two whole weeks. Um, and now we're looking at you know months and months into the into the distance and. I think, you know, my husband and I have been tag teaming, you know, uh, being with our son. Um, we're so thankful to have an absolutely incredible helper with us. Um, and also my parents as well have been able to um, really just, you know, invest in their in their grandchild um, at the moment. So, um, you know, currently he's not, not really able to play with any other kids. And I'm very thankful that he's got these sort of five adults pouring into him right now. So feeling very blessed in a really thankful position. Um, that sounds wonderful. And so when when did you feel like you had your own family unit? Do you think it was when you got married or when your son came into your life? Yeah, definitely, I think, when um, when I got married. Um, well, I, you know, you're, you're part of so many different family units, aren't you? I, I've always been really... That's very true. ...felt really secure growing up. Um, I've got, you know, two parents and, and my sister... Um, and then, yeah, definitely, I think you touched upon when I got married, I suddenly had this whole other family and, um, and I had a brother and I've never grown up with a brother and suddenly I have one and it's, um, you know, it's really special. Um, and now I'm the one who, you know, reminds my husband what all his cousin's children are called and things like that, because, <laughs> you know, they're my family as well. Yeah. No, it's funny how that happens, isn't it? I do think I inherited a role as family sec. I'm not a very organised person, and I've become family secretary for <laughs> my husband's family as well. <laughs> In my own family, I wasn't ever trusted with that responsibility, but somehow I became family secretary for for my my wider family, which I'm very lucky to have. Um, so, your son is not related to you biologically. Is that yep, right? That's yeah, right. Yep. Yep, that's right. Yeah, that's right. We're an adoptive family. And so, what what do you think? That's um, is that has that been an experience that has that you that changed your view of family, or was it that your view of family changed before you started that journey? Oh, that's a really interesting question. Um, I think it definitely changed before starting the journey. You know, there's lots of. Um, Having biological connections and, and, you know, blood relations is really important. But, um, you know, I just started to think, actually, it's not as important as as we always talk about. I mean, I'm, you know, my most important relationship in, in my life is with my husband, and he's not related to me. And, and um, I didn't, you know, I don't love him. I didn't marry him because we're related. It's, you know, it's a commitment that we made um, to, you know, be a partnership and, and I'm not related to my in-laws, but certainly, especially in in Hong Kong and Chinese culture, we have a, a huge commitment to our in-laws. So I think there's so many relationships that um, that aren't biological, but are still so important. So for me, I just never felt like a, a child had to be blood-related, um, to be honest. Um, and I didn't grow up around anyone adopted, particularly I, I didn't know much about it. But when I sort of heard the concept, as I think I really understood it as a teenager, 
And um, I just really latched onto it. I just really wanted to do it. Um, and so I started working with children without families. And, and I observed a lot of adoptive families. Um, and I saw how it really, it absolutely transforms the life of a child who, who doesn't have a family um, in, that, in that moment. Um, and I think that was really important. I, I saw how powerful it was. Um, but I think for me, you know, it's not about this concept of sort of um, of rescuing children. It's really, you know, it was a genuine conversation between my husband and I to say, you know, how we want to be parents um, and how do we want to do that? Um, and we felt like we didn't necessarily need to be pregnant to, um, to have children. I think society tells us that there's only really one way to to build a family um, and we didn't necessarily think that and even though there's a lot of expectations particularly on women and, and married women to have um, to you know give birth to a child um, but we just felt that you know pregnancy is not guaranteed um, and even with birth children you know it doesn't mean things aren't going to be hard um, and so we just felt like um, that it was really worth considering the different ways that we could maybe have children and, and build onto our family. And um, I'm really thankful that we did. So I really, you know, encourage people that if you have a choice to, to think about it, because I think it helps you think about what your, um, you know, your values are as parents and whatever you choose, I think you'll be, in, you know, you'll have a deeper kind of relationship because, um, because you've had those conversations. And I think that's a really important point, that idea about having those conversations. Um, do you think there should be more conversations um, every day with people who are thinking about families? Because we do feel we like family, right? Most of us, hopefully, have had a positive family experience when we want to go on and have our own families. That's what people always say. You always hear people saying that. When I have my own family, um, which is, you know, interesting in itself. Um, but that idea that there should be more conversations around uh, what makes a family and if there is any such thing as a normal or average family, which I don't believe. I don't think there is any such thing as a normal or an average family. But do you think conversation is going to be one of the most important ways to, to help people change the way they think about this? Um, I think conversation and also action. Um, and I think everyone would say that they have, you know, some... Um, some relationships in their life that um, that are friendships and they're closer than family um, or, or they're equal to family or they would treat them um, as family. And yeah, I agree with you. I don't think there's there's such thing as a normal um, or typical family. Um, family is different in, in every culture in the world. And, you know, throughout history, it's been different in, you know, almost every period of time. Um, it doesn't have to look like this sort of typical, you know, one mother, one father, one daughter, one son, um, to be a family, I think there's just as many different types of family as there are grains of sand. Um, and some families look different, like single parent families, adoptive families, foster families, step parent families. But actually, every family is different. It's just that the ones that look the same, we don't necessarily notice the difference because we're just sort of thinking of, you know, of how they look on the outside. Um, but every family has different relationships with one another and their extended families and um, yeah, I don't think there is such a thing as a normal family and um, I don't think you need children to be a family either. I, I can't agree more. And I do think it's funny. I always think of when you think of that idea of like a typical family, I always think of the photo, the stock photo that sometimes comes included when you buy a wallet. <laughs> 
have you ever, do you know which one I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. Like, everyone's dressed in white. Yes, everyone's in white. white they're all blue-eyed, blonde-haired, sitting on a sofa. Yeah, and it, and it gets it comes in your wallet because that's the photo you'd put. And I've always had a habit if I buy a wallet and it comes, I just leave that photo in the wallet because it brings me, <laughs> it just entertains me so much because it is so surreal and ridiculous. Um, because of all the people out there buying a wallet, that's very unlikely that any of our families look exactly like that. So, could you tell us a little bit more about the adoption process in Hong Kong? Because there are children who need families in Hong Kong, aren't there? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, sadly, there are a lot of children who um, who are currently waiting um, for a permanent family, a safe-loving permanent family. Um, so, you know, quite rightly, the adoption process um, is the time where a couple or maybe a single applicant um, will, you know, be quite heavily scrutinised. Um, that's because social workers and adoption agencies have a real responsibility to make sure that, you know, a child is going to grow up safe um, and loved and encouraged and supported. Um, and so really the first kind of part of the adoption process, and sometimes we think that the, the whole part of adoption is the process. Actually, it's just the very, very beginning. Um, but um, your social worker is going to be looking at, you know, how, how stable are you as a family? Um, what's your relationship status like? You know, how old are you? What are your finances, your employment? And, and those things are important. But really, it's more about, you know, what's your motivation to be a parent? Why do you want to grow your family in this way? And how will you handle challenges? Um, how will you support a child who's been through great trauma? And every child who, you know, is waiting for a family, you know, has experienced trauma, even the tiniest of tiny babies. Um, and that's something really important to consider. Um, and you know, they're going to be asking, you know, are you going to be there for them as you would be there for a biological child? Will you walk with them through, you know, illness and tantrums, you know, and even poor exam grades um, and things like that? So, um, so they'll be looking at your motivation and your reasons about why you want to be a family. Um, but you know, the great news is that in Hong Kong, there's actually a really thriving adoption community. There's lots of workshops and trainings and people that you can talk to. Um, so there's a, a group called um, the Adoptive Families of Hong Kong. And that community will really be there for families at the, at the start of the process. And they'll be there for families in, you know, some really challenging and the darkest days of their family life. Um, and there's also a, you know, a, a growing community of adults who've been adopted who are, you know, wanting to talk to other people in the same, uh, going through the same experiences as them as well. I think that's a really interesting point of this idea of support because I think people don't that we we do I think people a lot of the trouble we fall into is that we put a lot of expectations on ourselves within a family on our children on our partners on what a family should be and um you've got to work at being a family don't you it doesn't even biological or otherwise single parent step parents as you said family takes a lot of work it, it doesn't um and i feel like sometimes that's a bit of a an interesting um idea that we we don't realize that we're supposed to be working on our family it, it's 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 not always something that just falls into place all the time we have to show up and we have to to love each other and support each other and that's what's going to make us a strong family yeah absolutely i think parenting isn't something that we can do alone nor should we ever Try to. I know it seems now probably more than ever, you know, lots of parents are feeling really alone right now. Um, usually we have, you know, schools to help us and we've got, you know, extended community and things like that. Um, but 
um, you know, one of the most important parts of the adoption process is um, actually showing your social worker that you do have a network of people mm. who, who can support you. Um, and that's for married couples, that's for single applicants as well. Um, and, you know, we've had comments from friends who've had, you know, had uh, got pregnant and had children. And they said, oh, I really wish someone made us do this <laughs> before before we had our baby. Because, you know, we, we either, you know, they weren't prepared or they hadn't discussed, you know, different issues and topics. And I think going through the adoption process, actually, you, you know, you do end up um, quite prepared <laughs> at the end of it um, in lots of different ways. Um, so, you know, it's a really, um, it, it's, it was a, you know, an important process for us to go through before our, our son came home. It does. It sounds it's like there's, it's, it's nice to think that there's it's going to be different for everyone but we all need a little bit of help um, and I think it's been really interesting with what's been happening with this global pandemic um, and people being stuck at home with their families and I know that I love my family dearly and I have a barnacle of a toddler and I love her dearly <laughs> but um, it has been really interesting that you do tend to kind of reprioritize a little bit what's important in that family unit because I think with like you said like kids working from home and having to do schooling at home it's different and if you're you you know we realize what's actually really important um it's important that we're all healthy and safe and it's you know right now we can't get too stressed out about exam grades because we don't have the ability to do exams so um i think it's been amazing um in some ways for the fact that um that there are you know a lot of families are having to reprioritize and regroup and i'm sure it's a really good good thing but um as i think you've mentioned before of course there are still families um there are still people in need of a family in hong kong and it's not always that positive a situation for people right now in families around the world would you say that's true yeah absolutely i think in any crisis um this being you know one of the biggest crises that you know we have faced in our generation um for sure it's always the vulnerable in our community who become more vulnerable because of it. Um, and, you know, for those of us who are privileged enough to, you know, have our own home to live in, um, you know, we can complain about, you know, being at home and being isolated. Um, but really, we, we are in a privileged position. And, you know, there are currently children right now who, um, for them, you know, going to school every day is so important because they're able to, to get out of the house and they're able to have teachers who are, you know, pouring into them. Um, because maybe home is not safe. Um, and uh, there are also children who are currently living in institutions, uh, even here in Hong Kong right now, who are also not, you know, not um, able to go out much, not being able to, you know, have regular visitors that, that usually might uh, be coming in. Um, and it's, yeah, it's absolutely really hard for um, for all of those kids Um and uh, for any families who, you know, parents have um, struggle with mental health or kids struggle with mental health, it's, it's, it's going to be really challenging. And I think we'll see um, the knock-on effects for, for decades to come, probably. So on, uh, is there anything we can do to help? How can, how can we be families to those in Hong Kong who need it? Yeah, I think one of the quotes that I love um, is um, from Mother Teresa, and she says, uh, the problem with our world today is we draw the circle of our family too small. And what she's really saying by that is that, you know, we, we protect our people um, and, you know, we don't want to kind of reach out and look outside. Um, and for many people, I know, you know, probably thinking, well, I'm, you know, I'm stuck at home. What can I even do? 
Um, but there's still, you know, ways that we can help. Now, first of all, we can just, you know, make sure that our own families um, or whoever we consider our own families are doing okay. Um, and, um, you know, keep checking in with people, um, especially people who, um, who you know, do, do, um, do struggle um, in general and just making sure that we're, you know, staying connected with them. Um, I think as well, you know, there's um, different organizations who are supporting, you know, children and, and youth and families who are struggling right now, uh, Mother's Choice being one of them. Um, and certainly there's ways to donate, um, ways to volunteer, um, uh, maybe when uh, some of this is over as well. Um, but also, if anyone is interested, there's, um, there's opportunities to actually welcome a child into your own home, either through foster care, which is a temporary care for children without families who are waiting to either go home or maybe waiting to be adopted. Uh, there's also that more permanent um, way of welcoming a child into your home through adoption as well. Fantastic. And if anyone wants more information, a first port of call, they think they've got room in their hearts and their homes, where, where would you send them? Yeah, well, one is the Mother's Choice website. Um, you can sign up for an information session um, to learn about uh, foster care. Um, if you're interested in adoption, you can also go to the Social Welfare Department website and um, you'll start with an information session um, and then you'll, uh, you'll go from there through, through that whole process. Fantastic. I'd also definitely recommend um, Adoptive Families of Hong Kong. They're a great organization with lots of great reading material, even if this is still just a tiny, tiny sort of speck um, of thought in your mind. Um, there's really, you know, reading material and people to talk to just to, to get started on about thinking about these, these things. Fantastic. Chloe, thank you so much for your time this afternoon um, talking to us about family and defining family and how you might want to grow your own family in the future. Um, thank you very, very much. Hope you squeeze your family tight and you stay safe. All the best to you. Thanks so much for your time. Thanks so much. Bye. That was Chloe Banks. She's the Child Protection Manager at Mother's Choice here in Hong Kong and a parent. And we were talking about defining family, which I think is a really important idea at the moment.